2: Let's get started.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpole, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a quick reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, you can always download the latest episodes of Press This, At webmasterradio.fm. In today's episode, we're going to be covering, I think, really a fantastic topic. How do you sell your freelance developer services? Learning how to do that from a developer who had to learn to sell. Um, I think it's a pretty cool topic to cover, mainly because a lot of folks in the freelancing business, and I was in that business for a long time, ran a small agency, you're maybe used to uh, building sites and all the technology and decisions that go into that, uh, but then you have to kind of turn around from that mode and then go sell your services to people. And that's oftentimes an uncomfortable transition for people. So in order to explore this topic today, to bring on the show, the developer who had to learn to sell, I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. John Householder. John, welcome to Press This.
4: Thanks, David. Glad to be here.
3: Awesome! So happy to have you here, and uh, you know, I think this is such a cool topic, just because you know so many people struggle with this context switching. And I know that for you, it was very real. I'm going to explore a little bit on the show today, um, and then talk about what you learned from that, and what others could use from those learnings um, to inform their approach for selling their own services. So before we get into all that, though, I'd just like to know, John. I don't actually know the answer to this. I've been here for a while here. <laughs> What was your WordPress origin story? How'd you get into all this WordPress stuff?
4: Sure, so I think it was, I think it was like 2002. I was uh, working for Dell Computers in Nashville um, and I was making websites using Dreamweaver, like every good uh, web person was doing probably. Um, Learning code on the side, I had a degree, a master's actually in like web development. Um, But still, you know, still using the tools and and creating lots of static pages and helping people get on the internet for the first time. Um, And then people mainly, I'm in Nashville, so a lot of musicians were like, you know, I'm always doing new things. I need to go um, be able to update. How can I update things? And I was like, well, there's like this other program you have to pay like 200 bucks for you know, that you can get through Adobe to, to, to update it. And they're like, no, 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 There's like this free thing called WordPress. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Let me take a look at it. And the more I looked at it, I was like, Oh, this is really, really cool. Um, And then I got a call, which I think, you know, every, every uh, business owner, you know, or want to be business owner um, gets right from a a very well known client. Uh, Actually, I didn't know who this person was, but they wanted to create a lot of, of content very quickly and put it out on the internet. So I, and they're like, well, we want to use WordPress. And I thought in the back of my head, like, I don't know WordPress, but I can probably learn it. So I went on the internet, found that there was a a WordPress, like a WordPress conference down in Birmingham, a WordCamp. I got in the car, I drove down, I learned WordPress in a weekend and I signed my first client. So that's how I got started in WordPress. Um, that well, you know, that end up.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome, and you don't have to hang your head in too much shame, John, because you're not the first guest to admit to using Dreamweaver as part of the <laughs> transition. In 2002. To yeah, uh, in fair 2002. enough. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point to clarify. Thanks for that. Okay, so that's yeah. cool. So you got your first client on your first weekend. That's fantastic. Um, and so maybe that sales process was was pretty easy and you ran your freelance business for a few years but you're doing something different now uh what what is different now that you were doing um than the time when you were running your freelance developer business
4: sure so i actually now obviously work with you i work um for wp engine um as in the agency division so i work with Uh, Small, medium sized agencies and helping them uh, go to market on WordPress and then, um, you know, stay up and live and scalable and all that kind of good stuff that the WP Engine platform provides. So um, that's more. I'm, I'm now full time sales and partnerships. So no more building.
3: All right, and I remember when you joined WP Engine, I know you and I had known each other through social or whatever, and uh, I was shocked. I was like, how is this nerd going to come in here? And I know working <laughs> in an agency context makes it a little easier, but like, how is this nerd going to make that transition? And, uh, you know, obviously having kept up with you uh, over the course since you've come here, uh, watching you and, and discussing different tactics with you and, and thinking about it in the new context. Um, I thought it would be really valuable to bring you on here and and share some of that with everybody else Um, who haven't had the benefit of working in, say, a professional sales organization. Hopefully, you can kind of bring some tips back to the freelancer world um, to inform some of our listeners on strategies they could use to be more successful. So from a high level, tell me about your experience selling your services as a freelancer. Before you got into all this professional sales and partner stuff, uh, what was the experience like selling your freelance developer services?
4: It was really tough. Um, I think, you know, the hardest thing for me is as, as a freelancer, or I eventually, you know, owned an agency, owned a small agency. The toughest thing is thinking about when someone comes with you with an idea or a new site or a new project, thinking about all the things you're going to have to do to get it done. And sometimes, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think um, the client cares about that. They don't care about all the things you have to do and all the tests and all the processes. They just care about the results, right? Is it going to be fast? Are people going to engage with me? Are they going to contact me, right? Or is the application that you're building on WordPress going to work? Those are the th- and what's that what effect is that going to have on my business? Those are the things they cared about. However, me with my with my brain, all I thought about was the process that it was going to take to get that done, which is really 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 not what which makes a very, very tough sales process if that's – it's kind of a conflicting brain, right? <laughs>
3: kind of like seeing how the sausage is made, right? The client doesn't need to know yeah. about all the ins and outs. They just really are trying to achieve an objective and want to know if you're going to be able to do the job or not. Um, and it's funny you bring this up as kind of a – kind of motion from the past in those days. In my experience running an agency, I tried all kinds of different models for creating proposals, and some of them were uh, Mm engineering-focused, and some of them were uh, driven more by the sales or marketing people. And what I found is when they were engineering-focused, they were quite accurate and detailed, uh, Mm -hmm. but the customer didn't want to buy that thing. And so Mm -hmm. it was always the struggle to kind of balance the two of uh, all the things we have to do and charge for. Um, versus how do we kind of connect this back to a compelling story uh, the customer is going to say yes with? Did you also experience the same kind of things?
4: Exactly, (laughs) right? Uh, You know, I downloaded all the templates from the internet, right? Like how to make a a successful proposal, a six-figure successful proposal, a $20,000 successful proposal, all those things. Did all those, tried to implement all those and, you know, created really really long thoughtful thorough proposals and at the end of the day most of those never were booked right because the customer never understood what i was actually trying to do which can be super frustrating right
3: yeah and that's the balance and of course is again the the client's not worried about the minutia of what you're going to do they're again just trying to achieve some objective um so it's interesting to hear you talk about that Um, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into this. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about um, some of the things you did right, some of the things you did wrong, and some advice that you can provide uh, to our listeners to inform them on their strategy with growing their freelance business. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back.
2: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more
5: Press This in just a moment. Webmasterradio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking
2: for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: Well, everyone, welcome back to the Press This, WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing John Householder uh, around tips for freelance developers on how to sell their service. Um, Before the break, John was sharing a little bit about his transition from a freelance developer into a more sales-focused role. And then, John, you were were just sharing uh, that one of the things you struggled with was Kind of seeing the forest for the trees, in other words, um, worrying about all the minutia and details of what you needed to do to get the job done versus presenting a story the customer would say yes to. Um, but I'm curious, you know, maybe this is a more more revealing here, John. But like, what are some other things that you felt you were like doing right or even like doing wrong um, during this process, other than just you know focusing too much on the details?
4: I mean, I think I think you know the details are what make a, a project successful or not. Right. The, the, those are the things that, that really matter. However, um, you know, for the, for the sales process, the thing that really, really matters and it's going to differentiate you a lot of times is that personal relationship. Right. Can your, can your client trust you? Right. Are you prepared for all of the calls that you're going to have? Are you, you know, um, are you on time? Are you honest that, hey, I know you've got $10,000, but this is really a $30,000 project or a $100,000 project, and this is why? What MVP thing can we do together, right? Like the, the hardest part of sales is that first touch, right? Like letting them know that there's a reason for another call or what small engagement can we do first, right? So we can get used to working together to see if this is even a good engagement for both of us, right? I think those are like two key things I found. It's just really, really, really diving into that personal relationship and seeing, you know, just getting it started off with some easy to 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 tackle project, right? That's just more of a discovery type project than an actual like hundred thousand dollar build or fifty thousand dollar build or ten thousand dollar build, right?
3: So when you're when you're buried on the computer all day and you're, you know, neck deep (laughs) in code and you have to pop off and have a relationship with someone. And I mean, I know obviously, you know, everyone hates a salesperson until payday but um yes. there's this <clears throat> issue of context switching switching this issue of mm-hmm. like feeling like that relationship motion isn't genuine and you know I don't want to do that that's not who I am um what what do you, how do you think your attitudes like uh, back in the day as you were doing this in the freelance business how do you think they were either positive or negative um, relative to that like did that impede you this kind of developer identity or uh, did you get past it like how, how did you deal with it
4: yeah I mean I, I think it was uh it was really really tough for me like a lot of times when i had a so one thing i did was i i created like a group of of like-minded agency owners and we met once a month and we had a slack group and anytime that you know that that call was getting ready to come up i'm like hey man i need 10 minutes can we just talk this through this like i've been like working on all this other stuff and i just need to get out of my head for 10 minutes and talk to a human right And so I think that was a really, really, really good tactic for me, like whatever that is, you've got to have, you know, that break from jumping into, you know, working in your business, right. And working on your business like that, you've got to have a way to, to separate with that, whether it be a Slack group, whether it be like, it can be a friend and be like, Hey, I just need to talk to someone. (laughs) I just need to talk to a human for 10 minutes, right. To help you get back into that relational type mindset and away from like the nitty gritty.
3: I like the idea of kind of getting you know other agency owners or freelancers together to talk about working on your business because it forces you to focus on these things. Um, oftentimes, when you're running a freelancer small agency business, you'll go into a scramble mode to get clients to make up the lack of mm-hmm. billable hours you might have, and it's very reactionary. And it's uh, and I know quite a few agency owners who actually deploy this strategy and like, oh, I have this group of people I talk to. Um, and about how we work on our business but it i don't know it's interesting to hear you talk about it because it seems like it's kind of forcing you to focus on these issues versus being reactionary
4: that's that's correct and like in in these meetings we would have like goals for the month right and we'd have to set the goals and then in in the meetings we talk about the previous month's goal right so it was kind of like an accountability group right so it wasn't just on our business it was also about life and be like hey like being an agency owner is really, really tough on my marriage right now. Like what have you guys done to help that out, right? Like those type of like really deep conversations came up, right, because it's tough. Like <laughs> not just the, the development to the proposal type aspect, but just like the life aspect of being like a solopreneur or owning a small agency can be really, really tough on you. And you need accountability and friends that can help you through those things.
3: I like that. So you're kind of reporting back your goals and your progress. And it's interesting to hear you talk about kind of the mental health aspect of that as well. It sounds like that was really positive for us. Um, You know, and that is a hard thing on people running a small business, especially a freelance agency business when your clients are calling you at all hours with, you know, I need this right now kind of demands. Um, I think we probably spent a whole episode talking about that, but uh, it was interesting to hear you also get that benefit um, out of that accountability and, and the kind of companionship of that group. So, um, thinking though a little bit more now, I'm just kind of curious. Like you, you made the switch, right? You're you're kind of building sites and selling your own services, and you're kind of small agency. And prior to that freelance business, you ultimately made the decision, you know, kind of come to WP Engine and work more in the kind of sales partnership approach. So, you know, I know you kind of had a taste of sales prior to your role at WP Engine, but like, what were you afraid of? were you just like terrified? Oh my goodness. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, that, or the other relative to the job you had to do. Uh,
4: I was, (laughs) I hope my boss doesn't hear this. I was really, really, really afraid of the sale aspect of it. Like I was really, really, really excited about the partnership aspect. But not the actual selling of it, right? I still have I still had some of the same fears I kind of talked about before. Like I think at the end of the day though, the thing you know, I was the fifteen hundredth customer of WP Engine. I know the product, you know, I, I've used the product, you know, and, and I knew it was a great product. And, you know, like I've got the stories of how I launched, you know, Aaron Rod I got I got started with WP Engine because of Aaron Rodgers, right? Creating some some micro sites that were selling things online before WooCommerce, right? Like Uh, I've got the stories and I just wanted to tell more people about that. Like, how can I have maximum impact on the, you know, the agency owner community? Well, it's really, really hard as a, you know, a solopreneur or small agency owner to have that maximum impact. But what about if I can talk to, you know, 10 or 15 agency owners a day at WP Engine and just talk about these issues? Like that's the thing that got me excited. And then, you know, ultimately, me led to selling my, my agency, right, and joining the team.
3: So it's interesting, that fear, though, because in your case, it was acute, right? You'd made a decision to join WP Engine, and that was what kind of brought it on for you. But freelancers, of course, developers-focused freelancers particularly experience this every day, like, oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. I need to go fill up my billable hours. Mm-hmm. Now I've mm-hmm. got to go talk to strangers, and I've got to convince mm-hmm. them what I'm doing is good. And like, this fear comes up every day for some people. Mm-hmm. So like, what were some of the things you did to overcome that fear?
4: Well I think I think for me, it, once again, it's all about relationships and partnerships. if, if I'm in a, if I was back starting over again, I would try to have three or four businesses that I would work with every day, right? I'm not really good at like going to you know if, if I'm running if I've got my freelance business having 40 different clients or 20 different clients. But what about if I can work with five and that's where all my billable hours come from, right? And really, really diving into those connections and helping them on the sales side, right? Like then I can rely a little bit more on them, and they can rely a little bit more on me, right? And I can, uh, I can, I can grow my business that way instead of constantly like trying to farm myself out, because then it feels really, really farming, right? It doesn't feel very relationship driven.
3: Yeah, the cheapest choir to uh, the cust- cheapest customer to acquire is the customer you already have, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, I like Correct. that and I also like kind of leveraging your, to your point on the um, that relationships are so key, right? Uh, what is it Mark McCormick, a famous advertiser from the past said, uh, all things being equal, people will buy from a friend. <laughs> all things being unequal, people will still buy from a friend. <laughs> um, and I think that's such an important part that I think people overlook is you know, it seems cheesy to establish this relationship and ask about people's kids and uh, pets and their vacation and things like that. It seems ungenuine. Um, but if you enjoy what you're doing, enjoy the people you help, it doesn't have to be ungenuine at the end of the day, in your long-term relationship and keeping those clients, you don't have to have 7,000 of them mm-hmm. uh, in your agency business, um, You know the relationship will play a key role in that, um, which I think is really cool. So um, I have some other questions for you. I want to talk to you a little bit about what you've learned kind of being in a professional sales organization. And uh, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back
2: time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now.
5: There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. Webmaster Radio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business to business podcast network.
2: TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Let's press forward with more Press This only on Webmaster Radio.fm.
3: Well, everyone, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpool. I'm entering John, I'm interviewing John Householder about uh, tips that freelance developers can use to sell their services. Um, John, before the break, we were talking a little bit about your fear of selling, coming from a development background. And uh, you also shared how you kind of joined a professional sales team that has, you know, multiple levels of managers with, you know, tens and tens of years of experience per person and a lot of insights and a lot of professional sales and partner people that you work with. What did you learn from them that you can kind of share back with your freelancer uh, compatriots um, techniques that they could think of uh, and applying to their business?
4: sure so you know one tactic that that i use from like the development world and apply to sales is just like remember when i said like uh you know i used to think of a of, of a deal and think about or a potential client and all the things i had to do to to uh to get that project done well i do the same thing with the sale i'm prepared right like being able to be like this is this is what the customer is looking for this are these are their pains this is a little bit about them and then be able to position the product, you know, with with those in mind. So for, you know, for developers, I, you know, I I just think like listening, right? Taking the time to listen and then scoping, meaning like just just coming out with with what you have and what you know and repeating that back will, will give you lots of credibility, right? And just making sure that when you when you say it back to them or you get that ready, that it's in uh, for lack of a better term like normal people language right what can I and I always think like my wife's an elementary school teacher like if I was gonna go tell my wife this like what would I tell her and that's what I'll write down right <laughs>
3: so right make it easily in other words you kind of talked earlier about oh you nerd out too much on all the details but that wasn't probably a story a novice business a technology novice business owner would would understand right um, so correct. Okay, so that makes sense. You also said something a second ago that stuck with me, and that was like, well the, you know, I have all my ducks in a row. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm prepared. I use my developer skills to, to be you know fully armed up, ready to go in and, and talk to the customer or partner. But the first thing you said there was that I learned what the customer wants. Um, And I don't know, for me, as I engage with partners or customers, I always start with, what is your business objective? What are you trying to Mm -hmm. do before I say anything else? um, Has that played a a similar role with you in in the way you've engaged with people?
4: Yes. And maybe you shouldn't even have said wants. I think it's needs. You know, like you want to to spend the time with someone, right? Like I I remember my boss at WP Engine, like he, he said he was like going to buy a car and he drove the car around and whatever. And the guy was just like, you know, just talking to about how much it's going to cost the whole time, right? How he can finance it or whatever. And, you know, those things are all really important, but more importantly is, you know, why, why'd you come to, why'd you come to Subaru today? Right? Like, well, because I love camping and I need something that when I take my son's camping, we have room for everything, right? That, that's what you should be telling You should be painting that picture of what it's going to look like in six months of you and your sons going camping, not about how you're going to be paying for it in six months and financing it and all that kind of stuff. Even though that's important, right? You need to to be able to be relatable to people and maybe tell a story about why you work at Subaru in the first place. Well, because of the outdoor lifestyle that goes with owning a Subaru is why I got here and I'm not working for... Ford and selling Ford trucks right like I don't have a ranch like but I love going camping so that's why I'm working at Subaru so like you know just kind of being relatable you know and, and telling stories about you know why you're doing what you're doing and having you know success stories around the the past customers you've worked with
3: And people buy those stories. It's funny because the engineering mindset will often be, I have this list of requirements and specifications. I'm gonna go measure the things I'm potentially going to buy. I'm gonna put it all in a spreadsheet or something similar and out will come the correct answer. And um, I think even in the engineering mindset, we still buy into stories. Um, But obviously if someone doesn't have an engineering background or is not technical, they're not making the decisions in those same ways. Uh, Did you see this kind of come to life?
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, you know, I, I kind of got in a little bit into Scrum and like agile leadership, right? And the first thing a, an agile lead, leader always starts with is, you know, you know, what's that user story, right? Because you've got to put it in, a, you know, three, four five sentences of what that end product or end goal needs to look and feel like, right? Because people can understand that, right? And then you can get into the technical aspects of, if they need it, right? the only time I would ever run through technical aspects of something you can always have it, but unless they have like some kind of IT or CTO type role, right? Because those people are the ones who care about it. But if you're working with a small business, like you are just going to shoot that over their head and they're going to have no clue. It's probably going to confuse them because they don't even know what they don't understand what they're buying. Right. They can't see it. They can't feel it. <laughs> Right. So it's a hard it's a hard thing for them to relate. All they see is like your bid and someone else's bid and nine times out of ten, they're going to go with the one that's that's just just the most least expensive. Right.
3: And that's kind of interesting. You kind of put it like that. It sounds like you're also tailoring your pitch based on the audience. Um, So you do nerd out if if a a nerd's involved and you go with maybe a a more storied approach when a non-technical person's involved
4: that that's that's correct right knowing your audience because that if it's an it or technical person they're they're vetting you they're making sure you know what you're talking about right (laughs) so you know you need to be prepared for that but you also need to know your audience right because if you're not if you're talking to ceo he needs to know in four bullet points why this is going to make his business better
3: Yeah, another test I'll often use is to think to myself, is the person I'm speaking with, are they going to be able to go away from this meeting and explain what I said to them to something else? Um, As this litmus test to be like, well, what story did I just tell them that they're gonna go tell other people? Are they gonna come back and be like, oh yeah, David knows a lot about this tech stuff and he seems like a good choice for this? Or are they gonna go back and say, oh no, David or the company he represents is going to help us achieve our growth objectives or get that next thing out on time uh, and delight customers in these ways. Um, Obviously, those little one-liners tend to be easier, but using that as a filter for Mm -hmm. me has been
4: helpful. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, (laughs) you know, it's just like when I used the example of my wife before, like I need to be able to tell my wife what what this is, will she understand it? Like at the end of it, hey, you know, if my wife asked me, well, what was that call about? Right. <laughs> you being able to say really, really quickly. There's there's some thought leaders. Um, you know, I, I listen to a podcast called Two Bobs, and they have a, a sales pitch thing in there. I'll just give them a quick plug here, really quick. Um, uh, they've got one. They talk about, you know, when you go and you do a pitch, and sales guys will go in there and they'll spend 30 minutes, an hour, and they'll be like, man, that was a great meeting. I talked for like an hour about how great this was. They're eating everything up, and they're like, you know how many of those close, like ten percent, right? You didn't listen, right? It's all about listening and understanding, and then positioning. So don't be worried if you're developing. Like people think I'm awkward; I'm socially awkward, right? That doesn't matter. It matters that you listen you take time to to put what they need into you know common sense language.
3: Awesome! I love that tip. Lead with your ear, straight from John Householder. Uh, John, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining the show today. I really appreciate you jumping yeah, thank on. Thank you. Awesome. If you like the more absolutely if you'd like to learn more about what john's up to you can follow him on twitter at j house h-o-u-s no e number one uh so check that out and thanks everyone for listening to press this the wordpress community podcast on webmaster radio again this is your host david Vogelpohl. i support the wordpress community through my role at wp engine and i love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on press this